0: With a history of 5000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the 7th day of the 7th month, all the magpies fly
1: up to heaven and form a bridge.
0: So many amazing worlds to discover. "I want a new palace," said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. "Will will you marry me?" he asked. Discussion keeps the world turning.
2: This is Roundtable.
0: You're listening to Roundtable with me, Lai Ming, Li Yi and Yo Holi in the studio. Coming up, going to museums is increasingly a part of people's lifestyle. We find out what has contributed to the surge in visitor numbers and will the extra traffic be sustainable. And in Motivational Monday, we will each share a quote that has given us the inspiration we need for the coming week. Hope you'll enjoy them as well. Now on Roundtable, is it true that museums are seeing more visitors these days compared to, let's say, before COVID?
2: I think, yes, Um, actually say museums have been popular destinations for a lot of people for years, I think, but then during the pandemic, these organizations or institutions have really experienced the ups and downs. And now after the pandemic, especially in recent years, especially during this summer, you can see museums, including art museums have become really internet famous spots. For example, uh, Anhui Art Museum in Anhui province is it's the largest and um, comprehensive art museum um, in the place and since being launched in May 2022 it has become an internet famous spot thanks to those excellent exhibitions and events it has held and until February this museum has accommodated over 400,000 visitors and this trend is also obvious especially in this, during the summer vacation for example the Guangdong Museum of Art experienced a daily average of 3,500 visitors and Shandong Art Museum museum extended its opening hours until evening to meet the surging demand for staggered visitors. And most visitors to the museums during the summer vacations are young kids and families with children with a steady stream of study tour groups every day. And following that trend, you can see that definitely more art museums are being launched all across China. And they are no longer concentrated in first-tier major cities such as Beijing and Shanghai. You can see in more cities like Chongqing, Chengdu, and Hangzhou. There are like newly launched art museums, so it's definitely say the trend is here.
1: Yeah, Mm. I remember last time we talked about museums, Mm -hmm. it was just the starting of the trend. We see more people, especially young people, started Uh to visit museums because they see that place trendy and a little bit niche and really, you know, fashionable. But apparently, after a while, more and more people, especially um, kids, I would say, would rush to the museum and enjoy the fine art or, um, let's say, items from history or, you know, air conditioners, so that that's a really good way to spend the summer holiday.
0: Is this revenge travel or revenge visits, uh, since people have not been able to travel so freely in the wake of COVID-19, uh, especially uh, cross-provincial travels, uh, was not exactly that convenient back in the days. Um, is this uh, a factor here? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think so. In my opinion, I mean, of course, many people would see this summer a good opportunity to start going out again. But at the same time, they also have the choices of movie theaters. They have the choices of actually traveling in other cities. And also there are so many immersive games you can play, escape rooms, special kind of play where you can be a role and try to solve the murder of who killed whom. So there are so many choices. That actually some art museums have even been, not complaining, but talking about the fact that their flow, their traffic has been divided into these places. So it's more like a um, complicated yet moving situation, a moving trend.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, in Li Yi's examples, she mentioned a lot of uh, provincial level museums like Anhui and Guangdong and Shandong. So... uh, Within this trend, within this increase in tourist numbers to museums, are we talking about these uh, very high-end provincial-level museums or also uh, smaller museums or unique uh, specialized museums are also attracting uh, a crowd uh, as we talk?
2: I think both of them uh, definitely you can see say provincial level museums are seeing a surge in popularity but meantime there are also more say, niche and small scale museums or well, art museums are being also very popular among the young people and also kids and families with kids because I think a very major reason would be um, museums, especially in, in recent years, they are very good at launching different events and exhibitions in a very professional level. And they are inviting the researchers and the very professional uh, contributors to, you know, hold such events and exhibitions. Um, we again talk about popular popularization of different knowledge in this sector. So I think it's also a major reason that has been, you know, attracting, you know, public of all ages to she say going back to the museum going back to, to, to these places I know I've mm. seen
1: an ad about um, a night in a museum it mm. reminds you of the movie of course mm-hmm. but it also is very friendly to to people who have to work till 6 o'clock at night and after that you can go to the museum enjoy a bit of a special experience and around 10 o'clock go back home so it's really friendly and good job museums <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: and also um uh, as you said you know, I think a lot of museums are launching similar events. For example, uh, the Shanghai Museum. They are collaborating with the National Gallery in the UK, and they are launching night events during night, yeah. which are specifically open to st- to kids, to pupils. Say, um, because sometimes a surge in popularity can, can also bring challenges for museums because there are, say, average visitors come complaining about the crowds, especially during the summer vacation. So as the solution you know this Shanghai museum is launching specific events for case during night so are they mm, are they
1: refusing pupils to go in other working hours
2: Um, I believe not <laughs> that's what just I thought <laughs> basically uh, offering specific hours for kids yes. during night so that th- so they can really enjoy their time you know, during the night and they can run I guess freely in the museum mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and another factor that both of you have touched upon is uh, the ability on the part of museums to organize very attractive events and also promote themselves perhaps over the Internet? I mean, is, is the Internet here upon the museum as well? Have all the staff muse, uh, museum staff members being able to ride on the tide of the Internet age finally?
1: Well, I would say um, to a certain extent, yes, because, of course, they can start to try to make different kinds of short videos and live streams on the Internet and also put the entire exhibit on the Internet. A lot of museums are doing that, creating this kind of virtual exhibits, this virtual visit you can enjoy. And at the same time, not only the museum staff are trying to make their museum on the map, actually a lot of um, professional vloggers and professional Let's say internet celebrities started to go into different museums and even having reviewing of different kinds of museums, saying which are the the cons and pros and cons of going to different museums, but. I feel like this is a double-edged sword. Sometimes they can also create problems, like they're not actually in the museum to enjoy art or enjoy history or culture. It's more like a going there, taking a picture and leaving kind of style, which is, in my opinion, bad influence.
0: Hmm. Well, certain certain art museums, uh, certain art or items of art are better if you appreciate it over the internet. For instance, I think... Google has an application called Arts, Google Arts, which allows you to uh, log on and then look at enlarged versions of very influential, very famous uh, art items stored in various museums across the world. In fact, so that's really helpful to people who can't afford the uh, and the air ticket and who can't afford accommodation and hotel uh, in a different country, and that's uh, quite. Uh, quite, let's say, um, equal and fair in, in my sense.
1: Oh, Lai Ming, it's helpful, it's free, but it's not as good as the real thing in my opinion
0: easy for you to say. I mean, if you can afford to travel (laughs) everywhere and enjoy it.
1: I'm not traveling everywhere, but I think my opinion is especially towards some certain kind of art exhibition, because apparently nowadays, immersive art exhibition is very popular, Mm -hmm. and I myself had my fair share of enjoying and hating some of the immersive art exhibitions, and I feel like some arts are just meant to be enjoyed and appreciated with the real thing not with the really um humongous version on the wall
0: some art items are meant to be appreciated by tipping your toes trying to stick your head above somebody else that's in front of you and really get a sneak uh pick and that that's a that's it i mean talking about immersive exhibitions and art uh, exhibitions i mean that's Really, a, a very innovative way to uh, bring art to the average people. I, I think this this is to the same effect as what Google Art is trying to do, and that is bringing them close to people who otherwise may not have had the opportunity to get close, get up close to items. Uh, displayed in a different country.
2: I think one problem of say, uh, so-called immersive art exhibition is that a lot of them are not so immersive at all, <laughs> <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> to be honest, because such events should be designed in a way to really let the audience to indulge themselves in the sea of artworks and you can just uh, uh, appreciate those artworks in a very engaged way. However, I've been to some so-called immersive art exhibitions, mm. which you know kind of make me awkward standing in, in front of, uh, say, things I don't really I don't really know what are they, but you have to still <laughs> say uh, pretend you know something about it. It's, it's quite a weird experience. Are these uh, free
0: so interaction museum? Uh, in- they're not free. They're not free.
2: They're charging oh, tickets. They're yeah, expensive. and you must know yeah. what you're
0: looking at when you pay the tickets. I guess Please. so.
2: And and you just uh, mentioned another point of such uh, kind of art form is that such immersive art c- exhibitions are usually quite expensive because mm. they need certain technologies, they need certain lightnings, and they need. Certain staffs to operate everything, so they have to make sure everything can operate in a business level so when you feel like you are disappointed by such so-called immersive art, art, art exhibitions so there are complaints of such form of art say especially people have been debating over the cultural value of such uh, form of arts um, people are debating whether we should just leave artworks there and let the public to appreciate it then that's enough or we have to, to design very um say niche um launch some niche designs into let people pretend they are engaging with everything. So that's one debate point of such form of art.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a very conservative way to look at art exhibitions. I mean, namely, I think at the beginning of museums, uh, it was... They were meant to uh, serve only a select number of high-end, high hoi ploy guests who maybe the royalty or the aristocrats. I mean, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, over time, especially when you look at free museums and, and also here in China, provincial level museums and national museums, they're all free to visit. I mean, they are meant for the public to appreciate and enjoy and get education on art and culture.
1: Well, I think you are on to a really good point. The thing is, things are changing and museums are evolving as well. But in my opinion, immersive art is supposed to be a tool. It's supposed to be a form instead of a theme, instead okay. of the core or the soul of the exhibition. If you take a look at the kind of technology used in immersive arts, you have VR, you have holography, digital projection to allow viewers to enter the work of art. and you You're supposed to, or immersive art is supposed to stimulate thoughts and feelings by projecting the works of artists to surround the audience. Mm -hmm. The the audience is supposed to be able to use this this special method, this special way to better understand the artwork. Instead of just being impressed, standing in front of a huge wall of Van Gogh's, I don't know, starry starry night and seeing the stars swirl and if around you and giving you this nos- this uh, nauseous feeling that's what i experienced i mean i've entered huge holes of huge pictures of van Gaal. and after that whole experience the only takeaway i got is that impressionism kind of art is not supposed to be looked so closely and so hugely. And actually, um, I can use that experience to compare a little bit with my other experience to watch a real work or even some are duplicates of Van Gogh and Monet. And, um, I've got a, a, a special staff explaining to me to squint a little bit or even remove mm. my glasses. When I appreciate the art, I will have an even better feeling. And that is it. That's I'm not going to say it's the essence of impressionism. I'm just saying it's how you should appreciate it. And you should understand how um, they're using light and shadow to actually express the world they see in their eyes. And it's not supposed to be humongous on the wall. <laughs> I think you,
0: I, you, Yes. Please, Li, go ahead.
1: I think that's a
2: very good lesson for those exhibition planners out there because when you are introducing, say, modern technology to uh, exhibit uh, artworks uh, in very notable areas, notable way. I think the audience can easily tell whether you are doing this in, a, in an authentic way, whether you are simply want to use that technology or you really want to use technology as a tool to strengthen the whole experience, to uh, to strengthen the, the whole visiting experience of audiences out there. I think it's really easy to differentiate between the two.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. I think both of you use describe your personal uh, takeaway from attending these Uh, exhibitions, interactive or not. I mean, these are very, very personal uh, experience you get. Uh, And then Disney's or not, I mean, I I think appreciation of art uh, is a personal thing, and it's not for sure that one person's perspective can represent uh, everybody out there. And uh, uh, when it comes to the popularity of museums and interactive exhibitions, we must look at the overall picture. I mean, how are Uh, museums and interactive exhibitions doing uh, in the market Uh, are people voting by buying their tickets i mean uh, are are they well received uh, by the general public
1: It depends on whether or not they're doing a really good job exhibiting everything because there are apparently really good examples of these immersive arts selling tickets like crazy because people simply enjoy it very much. And it's been touring the whole globe. And actually we have a very good example that is called the Lighthouse Immersive. It is a Toronto based company known for its immersive experience of also Van Gogh and Monet and Disney animations. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing a really good job because you can actually interact with the characters in it. And there are, like Lai said, interactive design in it, not just huge projections. And also, I personally have again, good experience with immersive uh, exhibition as well. For example, there was this light festival in Ghent. It is amazing because you get to walk into different architectures and seeing light exhibition and light shows on the architecture and different spots are actually away from each other with certain distance that you can actually walk and it was demonstrated in wintertime so people would get out of their house and start walking during night It's good exhibition and good exercise as well. So again, my point here is use immersive art technology as a tool, not as the theme.
0: Mm -hmm. And last question before we move on is um, one of the factors affecting people's or keeping people from appreciating an immersive exhibition is perhaps the number of people or kids running around. <laughs> yes. And so I think the museums also have that same problem. When they are so successful in attracting people to their premise, they um, perhaps have to struggle with handling and managing the kind of crowd that that they are been so successful in attracting. So going forward, should museums dial it down a little in, in their uh, campaigns to attract more tourists or should they, let's say, up the game and uh, improve their management to uh, in, make the experience uh, better for a lot of us who just hate the crowd.
1: Oh, definitely the letter. I would hope there can be more and more museums. And I remember vaguely this uh, scientist said that there should be one museum, at least one museum for around 10,000 people. That would be a good number. So we're definitely not there yet. So once we're there, maybe everyone would be happy to enjoy a museum experience.
2: Yeah, I think the more museums, the better. is definitely the golden rule. However, I think it's really quite challenging for museums out there to say, think about the question, should they attract a niche or mass audiences? I mean, it has been a very challenging question for museums in China and also outside of china um because meantime if this is a museum that is targeting a niche audience professional audience it can be good for them to do some deep engagement and maybe to launch some really professional events and exhibitions and maybe to have some innovative exhibition formats is also possible when you are targeting a small group of professional audiences but of course uh, we are talking about uh, say the period after the pandemic i think all of the business and organizations out there would embrace attendance after struggling for years mm-hmm. so that means they can still be operated uh, for the future <laughs> so that's a very pragmatic approach to look at this um two approaches but still for personally i think i agree with you i think um the more museums the better and uh, i think museums should be doing better work to deliver a better visiting uh, experience in time mm-hmm.
0: fair enough you're listening to roundtable motivational monday is next
1: Motivational Mondays
0: Motivational Welcome back to Roundtable. Let's get uh, the thing going. Who's going to start in uh, this week's Motivational Monday?
1: Let me start. Actually, um, it has been um, a special period of time for me. I've disclosed the fact that I have become a mom in this past year, and I have been, again, coming back to a roundtable, which is making me very, very happy, but also it's a challenging role, and I've been struggling with juggling many balls in life and work, and I need that little motive every motivational Monday, which is why I listen to the show every day, and I would get to the motivational Monday part, you know, um, have some notes about it. And I'm sharing this to those of you who are having this a little bit struggling feeling as well. That is my quote today, not seeing results, feel like giving up. Consider this, the last thing to grow on a fruit tree is the fruit. You want that fruit, you got to stay after it.
0: Hmm.
1: I think that is quite you're putting a lot of work in the things that you want to achieve and you do not see the results just there, but you just got to bite the bullet and continue your hard work. Um, patience is important and perseverance is also very important. Stay persistent and keep nurturing your efforts and the fruits of your labor will come. And if that's not motivating enough, consider this. You don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Mm, Well? That is to say, if you have a goal, if you have an aim, and you don't know where it's leading you just yet, don't worry about it. Do not have to have the whole plan. Just start your journey one step at a time. And even if at the end of the day you cannot reach where you want to be, you're still much higher than where you were. So I guess to me, that is quite motivating.
0: A little caveat to the quote is, uh, although fruits are the last to grow on the tree, you also need to see leaves and flowers (laughs) before you ultimately see them.
1: That is actually really a good point, which is why I believe you should celebrate your small victories. You should be nice to yourself. You should sometimes take breaks. Take a little break would help you to gather your strength and start again. You should also set realistic goals sometimes with that huge goal in your brain you can also have some human re- relatively re- realistic goals to help you move along and maybe you can reach out for support here on roundtable i have a lot of very supportive colleagues and friends who are making me feel much better every day and be kind to yourself
0: now that's really motivational <laughs> Li, what's your quote this week
1: well actually i don't really bring
2: a specific quote but really want to talk about gratitude you know the reason why i want to talk about this because when i listen to one of my favorite podcasts and the host in that podcast they just discussed the role of gratitude at work and at home and it just uh, inspires me to think more on the subject because i think of course we know when we uh, say thank you to others and you can make others feel good because it involves appreciation respect and recognition of course you have to do it in a very sincere in an authentic way, but meantime, actually giving thanks to others can also make you feel happier, and uh, I actually check it out and in positive psychology which is a subject focuses on positive thoughts and behaviors as you can tell from its name researchers believe that gratitude is strongly associated with greater happiness so that means if you practice more gratitude on a daily basis you could feel more positive emotions and uh, uh, gain better experiences and improve your mental health and build stronger relationships and also gratitude appears to have a domino effect Fact: if one person experiences gratitude um, he or she is more likely to recognize that help and then later say deliver that help to others and so it's like a positive recycle and people who are thanked are more likely to extend help to others in the future so in this way you are really making a world a better place Thank likes. you, Lee, for that uh, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. inspirational quote. You can thank me back after the show, but uh, to get the roll, uh, to get the uh, uh, what is it, uh, the uh, uh, do- domino. Domino, um, uh, Domino blocks uh, moving or away. Or
1: circle of thank yous. Yeah. Well,
2: thank you, Liming, but but <laughs> not <laughs> but that's not really the end of my you know motivational Monday because I also want to take this opportunity to express my gratitude to Liming and New Niu, especially New Niu. You talk about you have been say really working hard and juggling working life during this period of time, but I think personally you have been doing a great job, and also Liming. Both of you are actually, you know, being a very professional <laughs> and I got a lot of inspira- inspiration from you, too. So I just feel like I never have uh, got this chance to say thank you to both of you. So I think why not say thank you today when we talk about the role of gratitude, see that. Easy, it's that easy Okay. Thank you for thanking everybody on this show (laughs) I'm not on this show
0: Well, my quote this week is from uh, Marcel Proust, the French novelist Who wrote the monumental novel In Search of Lost Time I think his Chinese translation is also very well known among generations of readers And he said The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes but in having new eyes Well, I think Adventure and discovery certainly are important, and these are things, well, there are things we must see and feel in person to get the most authentic experience. As you step into a forest, you immediately register the smell, the humidity, and the ambience. The influx of information is unmatched by anything you get from reading a book, listening to a podcast, or watching a documentary, or going to an immersive exhibition, for sure. (laughs) So by all means, travel, explore, and experience. But the experience will be even more valuable if you could just exercise a change in perspective. In fact, a change in perspective is exactly what we seek in the voyage of discovery. The second time you step into the same forest, you must feel and think differently from your first experience. Otherwise, you are a robot. And this doesn't just apply to your travels, but everything you do. If you can find fresh perspectives to everything you do, you are an artist at heart, and your life is enriched than anyone else.
2: You see, Lamy, you are always that inspirational.
0: Well, I'm <laughs> trying to use this excuse to explain uh, why we uh, come back to different, uh, to the same topic, uh, <laughs> on and on again. So every time we uh, address a topic, maybe be it museum travels or. Uh, aging population and that kind of thing. Every time we go and address a topic, we are uh, uh, going about it uh, from a different perspective, perspective. And that's what we hope to do on this show. Yeah. So guys, any takeaway? Not at all? (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're doing a really good job explaining your point, And I'm thinking about it from a different perspective that maybe talking about the same topic with different people is a cool idea. Maybe we can talk about the same topic with three different groups of people for the three consecutive days. That'd be a cool show.
0: Sure, sure. That's what we've been doing on Roundtable. <laughs> uh, that's it for our discussion today. Thank you for listening.